We the bestest cast with the left twist. Not fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Huh. Yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox Trot and the Get Down, White Sox, Dave and Kenny Carkeet. With you from the band, as always, is your boy, Colin. Coming live from Chicago, Illinois, we have Dave Williams. Dave, how are you, buddy? Hungover. Very <laughs> bad. Right. Keep it concise this week. I appreciate that. Uh, from Los Angeles, California, Mr. Kenny Carkeet. Kenny, how are you, bud? And I'm having a great day. It might be the best day of my life. I'm I was just going to say, we'll it's see. the best day of your life, right? It might be. There's a little bit of ways to go, but we'll see. All right, we'll find out. And then our co-host for this week, once again from Chicago, Illinois, Dante's in the fucking building. Dante, what's up, buddy? Fellas, I am so glad to be here. I'm also very hungover, but uh, <laughs> this makes up for it. This is uh, going to revive me because I'm a big <laughs> fan of this podcast. I've been diligently following it. You guys, are, I'm like in awe of the guests you guys have on, and I'm very honored to be joining you. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, your seat's always open, bro. You can come on whenever you want. Dude, I, I appreciate you saying that because uh, Dave pulled one of those, uh, what the hell you call it, musical chairs on me right when you guys started. <laughs> he, you know, he invited me on to do that. That is not true. You oh, know you have an open invite. You know you have an open invite. And then it started, and I was like, oh, they're off to the races, and I'm left standing with no chair to sit in. So I appreciate that. <laughs> That's not true. You have that. You can come on every single week or yeah once a month or whatever you want to do you know that you don't have i don't have to invite you to any of my shit you know that this is, so, brotherly this is on you player. it is not on me it's a little ribbing it's all good well dante dante's the fucking og barstool music guy basically blackout tour days he's obviously gone on to do great things in business he's gone on to do great things in music and then you just had the windy city smoke out this weekend playing what date how many people did you say it was like fifty thousand? what was the number because it was raining unfortunately for your sets which probably killed it a little bit i mean it, easy 50,000, right? Dude, I don't know. I've been trying to get like a number. I don't know if they're like, I don't want to, obviously, Ed's a real big friend of the program. I don't want to like get anyone in trouble, but everyone I've asked has been like skittish about saying how many people it is. I mean, Friday and Saturday were definitely sold out. Like I couldn't get anybody tickets. Um, so I know there was a shitload of people there. I don't know how many of them, but if you want to say- It was tens of thousands. I think that's a appropriate way to put it. There you go. It was so awesome, dude. Well, Dave said he had some ball busting to do. Dave, go ahead. Oh, uh, I didn't. I didn't have any ball busting. Like Dante, I, he killed it. So he was playing in between. Uh, what was it Riley Green and then Dirks? Dirks and Ooh. then what, what, I, opened, I, I played two sets. I opened for Riley and then I opened for Dirks, which was was like prime time. It was awesome. It was incredible. And uh, I mean, it, it it was kind of one of those like you'll watch a video. Of you know, a couple of weeks down the road, or it doesn't it doesn't matter when it could be years down the road, and it was pouring rain and and the entire crowd because I was with Dante's fiance up towards the up towards the stage, so people were having an awesome time and it was and Dante crushed it. Bro, those rain moments are some of the coolest moments though. Can you ever have any fucking absolute like bangers in the rain in a festival? I've had a lot of absolute bangers, like where. They covered our pedal boards with like clear trash bags so that they want to get fucked up, but you could still see through them because the fucking roof of the stage was so shittily put together. It was all coming down. <laughs> we had like plenty of like lightning strikes where like the whole place has to stop, right? Which fucking oh. sucks. Mm -hmm. And then everybody's got to go hide for a little bit. But then when you fucking come back and mm. those people never fucking left, it's the heaviest moment. And you got all that adrenaline pumping too. And you're just yeah, waiting yeah. to get the fuck back and then out the there. The field is all fucked up and wet and shitty and mud's flying. It's a good time. 
Well, goddamn, dude. Fucking so happy to have Dante here today. We have two great interviews today. We have Bad Sons frontman. We have Chris from Bad Sons on. And we also have our pick of the week, Attack the Sound from Chicago, Illinois. I know Dante's a fan. Dante, you say you've seen them before, right? Dude, so they were on, I want to say like two or three years ago. There's this like daytime show in Chicago called Windy City Live. My Mm-hmm. My fiance works for ABC, so I watch it like it's in the background a lot. And uh, it's a, it's just like a daytime talk show. It's pretty cool. This guy, Ryan Cheverini, is on it. He's also a musician, but he hosts it. And they had this group on, and I hear it in the background. I'm like, you know, they usually have like, no offense, but, you know, just like throwaway. Bullshit group. in the background music. Yeah, like cover acts and stuff. Please. But I hear this guy singing, and I'm like, Wow, this guy's voice is really fucking good. So I, I turn it up and I'm watching and it's these attack the sound guys. And I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? Then I find out they interview them after they're from Chicago, local kids. I look into this guy, his name's David, the, mm-hmm. uh, the lead singer. Boss, dude, such a good voice. I mean, they, they should be way bigger than they are right now. I think they're definitely going to be eventually, but I'm a big fan of them. Well, really cool what we do have today. So, Dave, their new record that they're putting out is produced by Isaiah Sharkey. There you so go. Mm-hmm. They actually gave us a brand new unreleased song that they're dropping in a month, but we have the early drop on it. So we were playing some brand new Attack the Sound at the end of the podcast. We have the interview coming up with Chris from Bad Sons. It's a big episode. We got Dante here. Let's get into some music news before we go into the interview. So like I said, we've kind of been on vacation this last week. We went down the shore. Everybody had their time, whatever. We did drop the episode last week with Robbie Fox where we went over the Fleetwood Mac cover. We did not go through any music news. And I did promise you that after the holiday week was over, there was going to be a bunch of big, heavy names in the fucking music industry drop music. BTS dropped a new single. Billie Eilish dropped a new single. Vince Staples dropped the whole album, which is fucking outstanding. Courtney Barnett, who is one of my favorite artists from Australia, dropped a new song. And then Post Malone, probably the biggest artist in the world, drops a new song. Me and Kenny were just talking about this. This song fucking blows, and I have no problem saying it. Hot dog water. Absolute butt cheeks. It's fucking terrible. And I, I love Post Malone. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm a fan, but I got to say, he doesn't even seem like he gives a shit right now. He, it's just like, whatever. I got to put something out. Here we go. He doesn't give I, a fuck. No, I respect it, that. Honestly, don't make me like him even more for it. You know? Dante, you, you respect that? I respect that take because I, there's nothing I can't stand more than people that just ride. Like, I, I have the same exact take with Billie Eilish right mm. now. Like, an artist that has just been like hot and coddled and everyone kisses their ass so much that they can just try to like throw some dog shit record out there. And everyone's just like, Oh, it's amazing. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like she gets that treatment more than anyone right now. And yeah, I agree that the post record dropped. I was like, wow, that fucking name like that. This must be a banger. I listened yeah. to it and we stole that down. Oh, well, what did, the one thing we brought up right away was like, did Tommy Lee really need to be in the background? Like, Tommy, <laughs> Tommy Lee, go somewhere, bro. Get the fuck out fuck of here. Fuck off, Tommy. Like, no one get cares, Get the fuck bro. out of here. And look, this is not about Post Malone. We have a bigger overarching topic to get into, but I just wanted to say, like, Post Malone, I had so much respect for him blending genres, doing all this shit. And then during quarantine, he did, like, the Nirvana stuff, and he's been so into, like, the heavy metal shit and doing the country stuff. And then when he comes out with his first record post-quarantine that's supposed to be, like, his return, it's just the same old bullshit. Like, 
take a risk, do something different. You were on a path where it was going to be cool. And then you just said, okay, can you just take an amalgamation of the top 20 songs on rap caviar and fucking throw me some money? Get the fuck out of here, dude. Post. If you want to come on and talk about it, feel free, dude. I'm cool with that. I think I'd be, he'd be a cool person to have one. I can't even lie. Awesome. <laughs> he would be the best. He's no. everyone's number one, but it's I mean, no. and you, you guys know, you guys, you guys know what the fuck is going on. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not him sitting there like dictating no what's gonna be put out it's no post malone is the the result of like 30 uh focus groups they're like what do you want to yeah. see uh-huh. how many uh-huh. face tattoos can i throw on there uh let's get into the real reason we're going to talk about some industry shit before we get into the interview i texted you guys about this the other day joe rogan's podcast i'm a big fan i listen to it all the time and he usually has some pretty good musical guests on he has jacob dylan of the wallflowers on kind of a novelty it's bob dylan's son I'm a Wallflowers fan. I said, I've, Kenny and me have yeah. argued about this. Same. I'm a Wallflowers fan. So Rogan goes into having this conversation about, you know, what's the music industry like today? Because Joe's an outsider and he's kind of like, what's the deal with the music industry today? And he's like, these labels seem like, uh, what's going on with the labels? And Jacob Dylan goes, he has the balls to look in the camera and go, you know, man, I don't know what everybody's complaining about. The, the music industry, it's not that tough. Like, you know, it's more the band's fault. He's like, if you sign a bad record deal, man, it's your fault. He's like, any industry, you know, experience I've ever had, it's been wonderful. Like, I don't know what the problem is. Why do people hate labels so much? Well, Dude, because you're a fucking prince, you fucking asshole. Your yeah. fucking dad is a Nobel Prize winning songwriter, and he's the fucking songbird of America. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, no no offense to Jacob Dylan, but you live in a different universe. Like, and you can even tell J- Rogan's reaction when he's saying this. And Rogan's like, huh, really? You're the first one that's ever said this is not a problem whatsoever. And I know you guys have watched the interview, too. What was your thought, Kenny? I mean, it's the same as it was before. And it's not that I don't like Wallflowers or Jacob Dylan. I just don't fucking care. It's like, <laughs> like I mean, compared to his dad, and I've also known a lot of people who have toured with him as a crew member who's like, he's incredibly difficult to work with. And you're kind of like, do you deserve to be an asshole? I don't really think so. Um, but I don't know. I've just never really been a, been a huge fan. So was I surprised? Not really. It's like Caitlyn Jenner talking about the homeless problem in LA. It's like, you don't fucking you know fucking shit. asshole fucking yeah. stupid fuck like but that's shut my, the fuck up that's my point though when you're talking about you want insight into an industry right the, the person you don't this would be the equivalent of if dave portnoy had a son and then asking him about what it's like to break into barstool sports you know what i mean <laughs> right. it, it, that's the kind of viewpoint i have here and i don't know what a, everybody's talking about making content super easy super easy yeah no and it's just a thing like you could see it on jacob dylan's face he's just like yeah, the world is my fucking oyster. Of course it is, motherfucker. Your dad's Bob Dylan. Like, get out of here. And I've Dude, seen other... Go ahead, Dante. That said, like, where the fuck has he been? Cake is... That's what I asked, because so I haven't heard his name in fucking forever. Huh. It's like they fell off a cliff. Like, dude, they were pretty big. Like, yeah, 90. they were yeah. huge. They, I mean, it, one headlight is still a banger. It like, is. I, I, mean, I find a, I find an excuse every now and then to blog. Anytime I blog something Springsteen related, I drop that where he just <laughs> fucking owned that song at the MTV Awards because it's one of the best like things MTV's like ever actually produced. That that is unbelievable. But anyways, it was like after that, I think they had one more album, and then it was like never heard from him again. 
I guess I I played some festivals with them in like 2011, 2012, and then I haven't seen shit from them since. Yeah, because they're dropping an album this month, and it's their first record since 2012. So that's what he did. He's like, I don't know what's so fucking difficult as I sit here on fucking (laughs) Joe Joe Rogan. (laughs) Rogan. Yeah, exactly. Suck my dick. No, that's it. All makes sense now. So he probably paid a lot of money to go on that show because he has a lot of money because he's uh, Jacob Dylan, Bob Dylan's son. So he's like, fuck it. I'll just take the easy way out and go on the biggest podcast on the planet and promote my album. And the amazing oh, thing was, but you could see it on his face that it, the gravity of the situation wasn't even hitting him, hitting him. Cause he's like, I've been around fucking giant stars since I was a child. Like it Dude. wasn't even like I'm on Rogan. Like, that's holy a bad shit. Look. that's a bad look, man. That's like so pretentious and out of touch to like, come off like that. I but hope this thing, album tanks. No, the thing for me is too, once again, I'm a fan. And the thing is, I'm not even made at him realistically because it's the world that he's lived in his entire life. Like, you know what? Clueless. I would be, I'd be doing the same thing. Like if, if, yeah, if it was that easy, you probably would. Right. And look, I'm a big Rogan fan. So like, once again, he's had artists on there that have given really good insight into the music industry. When they had the black keys on and Patrick Carney being Patrick Carney, he's a fucking asshole, but like, he just says whatever's on his head. And he's like, this whole industry is fucked up. It is what it is. And then he had Gary Clark Jr. On who had great insight into the industry and everything that he's gone through. But when you have Bob Dylan's son on, you ask him what the music industry is like, did you really think he was going to be like something that's benefited his family this greatly to be like this whole thing's a fucking sham like everything's fucked up but the the most interesting part in the entire conversation to me was rogan starts going into being like hey so like what's the deal with the labels like what do they even do nowadays and like do they have like connections or like are they getting you on the playlist like where do they take you and and jacob dylan just goes i don't know we're both gonna have to do some homework Bro, what the fuck are you talking about? You're dropping an album. You don't know anything. That's what oh, I'm talking about. He's got a fucking team, man. He pays top dollar for that fucking team. And that's it. Just sit back and watch it. Oh, man. And, and that's, you know, that's a... You know what, though? Rogan's, Rogan's not a fool. Like, he... Mm. If you listen to his Kanye interview, like, he got pretty schooled from Kanye on how the labels operate. And you could... you could If you watch the video, you could see, like, his head exploding when... Kanye was telling him just how fucking like, I mean, they're slave drivers and Rogan knows, and I'm sure, you know, he's, he's found out even more since then. So you, he, that was kind of a setup question. And again, like Dylan just totally fucking flopped. Like, (laughs) like, dude, like Dave just said, like you're releasing an album you have like, are you that like distanced from like the A&Rs and like, I don't know. That's what it is. Bizarre. Bizarre. I'm just saying for the biggest platform on God's green earth, that gets a billion downloads like a fucking month. Give me someone like Brandy Carlisle, someone who's like fucking fought for 30 years to get to where she is. Like, I want to hear that perspective. I want to hear fucking Dwayne, your boy, Kenny. I want to hear what he goes through. And by the way, Joe, I'll come on and I'll tell you what the fuck the deal is. Like, <laughs> gladly throw me an invite and I'll come and just talk some shit. I'll sit there with Jacob Dylan. We can fist fight. It's fine. Like, that's cool. But like, I just thought like if I was going to go off a holiday week and I was going to get lit up about something that hit me right in the face. And as someone who's learning his way through the music industry, I was like, God, it would be nice if my dad wasn't an unemployed contractor. God <laughs> damn it. So, said, hey, how insufferable do you think Jacob Dylan has to be to be in a band with? Like his, <laughs> his bandmates, dude, his bandmate, he probably has his own dressing room. His bandmates probably ride not there. just 
if you think they're not just hired guns oh yeah who like are road dogs and jacob flies in gets into the escalade goes straight to the show plays the show goes back to the escalade goes back to the airport goes the fuck home you'd be so mistaken i got i got one good jacob dylan story i had a buddy of mine tell me one time he was a touring musician in the band the tour with the wallflowers right they're in an after party at a bar in new york city there's a band playing and they're all around and uh Jacob walks over. This is actually going to make Kenny like him. So Jacob Dylan walks over to my buddy who was playing bass. And he's like, hey, man, do you want to go up and play the weight with me by the band? And uh, it, the guy I'm talking about, I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to like fucking rat him out or whatever, was like, uh, yeah. And he's like, holy fuck, that's Bob Dylan's band. Like, this has to be a huge deal. And he's already sweating bullets. And as they're about to start playing, Jacob Dylan leans over to him and whispers in his ear. He goes, this song means a lot to me. Don't fuck this up. <laughs> and so they they play the song and they get off stage. And tri- and uh, I almost said his name. The guy was like, so how did I do it? He goes, man, I was just fucking with you the whole time. Like, you know, I don't really give a shit about that song. So don't make me like him. Don't make me like him. That's a pretty good prank. That is, that's oh a pretty God. cool story, though. That That makes me like him. That yeah, doesn't make me like him. I don't want to like him. Everything I just said is completely out the fucking window. I had to drop that story in at the end. But <laughs> All right, so here's what we're going to do. A little bit different segments today. We're going to go into our first interview with Chris from Bad Sons. Amazing interview. Great fucking guy. They're going on tour with Angels and Airways. We talk about aliens. We talk about California. We talk about surfing. We go through all that. So we're going to go with that. We're going to come back in, do our segments, and then go into our pick of the week with Attack the Sound. So first, let's go into our interview with Chris from Bad Sons. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, we have a man whose band recently released a new single called Heaven is a Place in My Head, and they're going on tour with Angels and Airwaves this fall. Please welcome Chris from Bad Sons. Chris, how are you, buddy? I'm doing wonderful. Happy to be here. We're happy to have you here, brother. Just right off the top, I feel like this has to be the first question, but you're going on tour with Angels and Airwaves, and I need to know this. So you're on tour, and it's after a show, and Tom DeLong comes up to you, and he says, yo, we're going to go hunt some aliens. You in? Are you going? Oh, 100 percent. I'll be uh, there. I'll be I'll answer. be the scully to his molder. Yeah, there you go. That's a good line drop right there. Just some weird sexual tension. Yeah. <laughs> That'll definitely be a part of it. The beautiful thing is like I, that sounds like a joke, but that could very realistically be a situation. And I fucking appreciate Tom Blanc for the fact that he's so open about his obsession with aliens. So you might wind up finding aliens, dude. You never know. It's incredible too. Just like I feel like for so long, no one really took him all that seriously. And then all of a sudden, these, these like, he was the one who was right. He was right the whole fucking time. It's amazing. I love that for him. I if I was on too. tour, if I was on tour with Tom, I feel like I would just constantly be pranking him with like little toy aliens places <laughs> or like trying to like turn his lights off and shine a light and do some spooky shit. I just can't wait to meet him. It's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I was gonna say that's not a pre-existing relationship. You haven't been in a room with him before. No, we never have. I mean, I've been to shows like Blink shows and Angels and Airwaves shows in the past, but I've never actually had the chance to to speak with them. So I'm looking forward to that. Man, you you guys have been on tour with some big bands, too. And I want to get into this right off the top because we're going to get into your songwriting, the music, the tour coming up. But like just in doing my research, I've seen I've watched your guys live Lollapalooza set, which was a fucking banger. But like you guys went on tour with the, the 1975 and Halsey, like right as they were both kind of becoming who they were. Like, what did you learn from those experiences of being on the road with these people who were becoming megastars? A lot. It was really cool. I mean, uh, the, our first real major tour we did was uh, the 1975, like right after their first album had come out. So we kind of were watching them blow up in real time. And they taught us a lot just by by our sheer observation of just professionalism and um how to just like they they just were so professional and every single night they brought it 
And every single night, uh, Maddie would go out and talk to the fans that waited around after the show. And uh, they, they, we learned a lot from them. I mean, Kenny, like from your perspective as somebody who's brought young bands on the road and shit, right? Did you ever yeah, catch <laughs> Did you ever catch bands like you're talking about, like you're going on as a young band, you don't have that professionalism yet. Has there ever been one existence, like example in your existence where you were like, this band that's opening for us has no idea what the fuck they're doing? Oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? Many, <laughs> many of them. I'm sure we've all seen it. And sometimes, honestly, it's almost more fun that way. We toured with this band called Iron Tom for a bunch of years. Oh, yeah. And like, they're the dumbest motherfuckers you've ever seen in your <laughs> life. And I love them to death like little brothers, but it was so fun to watch them just be so green and make so many mistakes. Dude, Give me I'm, an example of some of that shit though. What, what kind of mistakes are we talking? Like failed crowd surfs and like, <laughs> you know, like when like the crowd definitely wasn't a crowd surf crowd kind of thing. Like just little shits like that. Like not going to the merch booth right after they're set or like mm. right after the show or like little stupid fucking things that you learn like the timings of things. That are I mean, right, Chris, right. I, Chris, I've seen you do that before online. I was watching some like background videos and stuff like that. And they did the uh, like the the tour vlog of like being in a van and you went right out and you were in line with these people who were waiting in the cold for your show. Like, is that something you definitely picked up from being with bigger bands? Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of I think it's super important. You know, the people that come out to your show and who are waiting in line and they're listening to your music and they're there to show you support. I feel like, you know, it's such a privilege to have that kind of relationship and it's a you know it's a two-way street so you have to show them that appreciation because there's nothing cool about being cold towards your fans or mm -hmm. like pretending as if uh they're less than or something like that it's like they're the reason why we're here so i think it's absolutely important to make them feel that way you're definitely with the right people because i feel like that's the kind of people we talk about on a regular basis of being like fuck those people like kenny right. did you guys used to do that do you guys used to go out and fucking meet people in the line and shit Here's the thing <laughs> for, for many of the years. Yes, we did. But then we started doing like, I shit you not 150 person, two hour meet and greets Ooh. right after a sound check. Right. And it's just hundred. That's a lot of fucking people. And then at that point we kind of got a little jaded and wouldn't go out after the show, but like, there was always a bunch of stragglers who'd like would wait till three or four in the morning. Like they'll just wait till you come out. But I mean, we were always good to our fans. We were always like, bringing people up on stage and laughing with them and, and, and hanging out outside and shit like that. Smoke listen, listen to the fucking champagne problems. Kenny has Kenny's like, Oh, there were like 150 per <laughs> all these fucking posters. Oh my God. I don't want to sign them. Hard, some of the hard stuff, hard stuff about that is like when people tell you that like their song, your song changed their life or saved their life. Like, and that's nothing bad about hearing that, but it's such an uncomfortable, like, I don't know how to respond to a lot of the thing, the nice things that people say, I think. Dude, I I get that shit pretty regularly. So so Christo, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the Southern California version okay. of your name. Um, I work for Barstool Sports, and like I was, we had our big country fest in Chicago this weekend that uh, we were covering, and I got that like 10, 12 times. Like, dude, you guys got me through the pandemic. You guys making us laugh every day. I'm like, dude, I'm just like some normal asshole. Like getting fucked up with you right now like i'm i'm not i promise you i'm not that cool like i appreciate it but like yeah. it, I, like i don't know how to handle that kind of it's stuff cool. it's it's very... cool because both both those things are true it's like you are just you know you're a guy that's just hanging out but you also do something that provides like solace to people in a time when they really need it like there's something cool about it and it's hard to wrap your head around it and yeah sometimes like people will like the stories that people will tell you like because you know music especially is like i don't know, has such a deep connection for people in their lives and they're mm -hmm. going through something that's tough. It's like, there's, so there's some stories that people will drop on you at like three in the afternoon, like before a sound check where you're kind of like, Oh, I wasn't, 
I wasn't ready for this, but that's incredible. And yeah, sometimes it is a little bit awkward, but it's, I don't know, it just, it's weird. It is and it's interesting. It's not awkward in a bad way. It's like, it's, it took me a long time to learn to go from, no, no, my song didn't do that. No, no, yeah. that would be able to say, thank you. Like it took me a long time to kind of figure out just kind of how to handle that stuff. Cause it's That's like awesome. what you guys are saying. It's, it's kind of hard to, it's hard to really believe sometimes that people are the nice things people will say about you. Oh, that's the thing because you know they're not true. You're like, I'm not, this, yeah. I'm not the person you think I am, but thank you so much. I had this um, uh, charity event on the South side on Friday, South side of Chicago. And that's where most of my fan base is uh, like congregates. And there was 5,000 people at this park. It was, it was um, a 32 team softball tournament. All the money went to uh, pediatric cancer benefits and, and we helped sponsor the event. And um, 99% of people come up to me, ask for pictures and shit. And one dude walked by, he goes, Hey, fuck you, Dave. And I go, what? And he goes, fuck you. And I'm like, all right, you're going to come over here and like say why. And he just kept walking. He goes, fuck you. And he kept saying it over his shoulders. So there are those guys too. And I actually oh, do appreciate sure. them because they do keep me grounded a little bit, you know, <laughs> you're like, don't make me like you even more, man. Jeez. Yeah. I wonder what was happening with that guy that day. Have you ever had any weird hatred on tour from random fans or random strangers? Maybe nothing that jumps to mind. The one thing that came to mind was it wasn't quite that, but I was at some other show in LA a couple of summers ago. And there was, there were some fans, I guess that happened to notice me and they came up and said hi and took a picture and then left. And then this other random guy kind of came up and he was like, why were those, why were they just acting all crazy like that yeah. to you? Like, who are you, bro? <laughs> and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Ah. who are you, bro? You're like, nobody, dude. Nobody. Shut up. That's like, I played a band. Like, all right, are cool. you uh, I was like, <laughs> part of my ignorance with this? Are you from California? For some reason, like that you weren't. Yeah, I'm born and raised. I was born in Tarzana. I lived in Miami for like the first four years of my life, but otherwise, son, yeah. me too. I lived in Miami for the first four years of my life. That's really funny. The, no shit. Oh shit, Cooper City, Florida, yeah. That's awesome. That's tight. And the rest of your guys in your band are all from California as well? Yeah, I think um, Ray, our guitar player, he he lived in uh, Utah for the first bit of his life. He came to California when he was about 12. So for the That's most part, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. As far as California goes, can I ask you a question? This is this is something that I've picked up in the industry of touring and meeting other bands. So you guys are all like lifelong California guys. You're all from yes. the LA area. When you meet someone like Kenny, who's not from LA, do you ever get territorial when they try and act like they are from LA? Well, I, um, <laughs> that's a yes. You know what? I hate that about me. Like, I, I don't think like localism is all that cool. And it's, you know, it's to be fair. No, the answer is not like a blanket. Yes. But there are, you know, what bugs me? I'll tell you this. It's when people who come here like in their twenties or whatever, from like from wherever from wherever it is they act as if they kind of own the place and they just talk shit on it like mm -hmm. everything that's wrong about la yeah. and it's like Dude. you're just complaining about the other transplants like you because you all moved to echo park i don't know it's you know there's <laughs> no i'm with that 100 percent. like i hate when i'm in philly and somebody starts to tell me about philadelphia politics but they're from new, like they're from the suburbs or like new jersey or some shit and i'm like you don't know anything about this city like get out, get the fuck out of here but i will say the reason i asked that question is because I'm thinking back to like, I've, I've told this story before we were at a festival in, in Kentucky and I'm with this band before. And uh, 
we're like standing outside. Everybody's like smoking, whatever. We're about to go on stage. And I was like, dude, where are you from? And he's like, oh, L.A. And I was like, no, but where are you like from from? Like, don't lie to me. Like, I know he's like, oh, I'm from Norman, Oklahoma, but like we moved to L.A. <laughs> yep, and I'm that's like, the thing. Dude, just be your fucking self. Like, don't 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 try and mask it. Like, come on. Like, and of course, like being a California guy, it obviously means a lot to you. People are always really surprised when they're like, wait, you've been here the whole time? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I guess that's, that's like a rarity. It's very, very rare. I would say 80% of the people I meet in this business are not fucking from. Somehow my wife is born and raised in LA. So that's a weird <laughs> thing that I found a local. Oh, so this is kind of like a, you get like the local status because you're married to a local? Kind of, yeah. Then she gets the brown status because she married a brown person <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> you know what I mean? But was like where how I feel like I blended in a little bit. Coming from Florida to California, less of a jump from like Kansas to California. I feel like I showed up shoeless. Ready to so start, you, you, know? you were in, you were in Florida for the first four years, then you came straight here. No, I was in Miami for the first four years, but Florida for the first like 24. So oh, I moved okay, out here okay. when I was 24 and it's been 13 years now. All right. Well, watch I what you like, say. I'm getting, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Dude, I, it's, I feel like there's going to be that point where I'm like, I fucking lived here longer than I have anywhere else. And do I get to claim it then? I, th you know, I think it's, it's a wonderful place and there's no, there's no, uh, I can't, help but understand yeah. why people would want to come here you've seen my surf etiquette you know that i'm i'm responsible and respectable to my fellow california yes that's oh, that's God. what's most important very important what a cali sentence dude you see my surf etiquette bro you know what it is <laughs> well, bro, here's can i can i can i kiss his ass for just a second and say yes, how i even got introduced to, to chris um in this circuit, once you're in the touring world, the world becomes a lot smaller than you think. Like you see all the same bands everywhere. You kind of know what every band's doing, even if you haven't met them, right? Bad Sons was one of them. I saw their names pop up. I heard their songs. I like their shit, blah, blah, blah. Then uh, my old, my last band, Fitness, did this. We were doing this photo shoot thing where like there's three bands, three or four bands or something like that. And um, students were taking photos of us and Bad Sons were there. And we each did like an acoustic performance. And when Chris did his thing, I was lord and blown away by the talent coming from this fucking band and that's when i went deep into the music and went oh this is real this is actually rad mm. then you go deep and you see the people he's toured with, so on and so forth and then i out surf i'm out surfing all the time we didn't talk after the photo shoot thing and then i just run into him out there and you're like oh you surf too bro so there's this like big respect for my dude chris here and what he does you know small world uh, shit right there yeah normal yeah, Oklahoma so shit. <laughs> that was that was crazy i remember we were sitting out there it was around zeros and you just came paddling up and i was like oh shit and i think you were with dylan from congos yeah, too and i was congos like boys, and yeah. we had played together in the past i was like this is so funny it's that's some la surfing shit i was Every just gonna say this is like water. where like you think about like old new york bands would be like they'd be meeting at like fucking certain <sighs> bars and shit the la thing is like oh did you get out on the swell today bro like, that's fucking <laughs> sick <laughs> you sound so california bro Dude, I am the least California human being alive. And I, I, I look, dude, I am what I am. But I do have a question about the Cali scene kind of because you're a songwriter, you're you're a musician, and obviously the scene right now is is fucking crazy out there because there's so many people. We've talked about all the collaboration and shit going on in the in the California scene. Like, what's your impression of the California like alt rock, rock world? Like, are you in are you enjoying it right now or is it kind of oversaturated? I mean it's for all that I know in the last year, you know, there haven't been any shows. So I don't, I almost feel kind of like, I don't know what's happening, but mm. in our, in my circle of friends that all came up, it's like, there are so many awesome and talented bands and people. So it like, you know, we grew up with the guys in the neighborhood and there's this band called honey that we play with and grew up with the Maria's and they're kind of blowing up right now. So there's a lot of really amazing 
acts out here that, you know, it's kind of, sometimes it feels trippy to me. Like how did all these, I mean, I guess it's LA, right? But yeah, it, it's really cool. I think there's a lot of amazing music happening here. And there are like different, like sub, sub genres of scenes and there's a whole bunch happening, good and bad. Yeah, we had Nick from Dreamers on and we had this conversation about the the LA scene right now and all the co-writing that's going on. And have you spent any time in the last year co-writing or has that kind of been wiped out by COVID? I've done I've done a little bit of that. Yeah, it's, it's something that we I never really done up until maybe like the very end of 2019. We kind of, you know, when we make music, we just like to exhaust kind of every resource available to us. And that was something that we had never tried before. And so it was a fresh, exciting new thing to do. So I've done it here and there, working with other artists, um, having other friends of mine kind of work on stuff that, like I have a friend, Nick, who, my friend, Nick Long, who I've known for like the past 10, 15 years, just from playing in bands. He used to be in this band called Dead Country and we had mutual friends and he's kind of just been like really blowing up as a songwriter and the two, of, and we got together and we kind of wrote a couple songs um, the last in the last year and a half. And one of them is actually, ended up being the single heaven is a place in my head that we just mm. released. So that was cool. That's the first time we've um, released a song that came together in that kind of way. That song was actually written like, as I was like, like this, basically we were on a zoom, like on my computer, it was during COVID and I had this music together. And then we kind of just wrote all the lyrics and melodies together, me and the guys in the band and Nick. And uh, that was a really fun thing. It was really weird, very futuristic way to make music. I kind of like it, though. It was so trippy to have to do that shit, because I know Kenny did it. I know I did it. Dave didn't. But, like, that song is so fucking good. The chorus, to me, is, like, a a melody that you don't even need to know the words. You could hum along to it. Like, it's so well written. And I think that was... That was even what Kenny said to me. He's like, this dude is such a fucking talented songwriter. And I think one of the things is, so we're turning Dave into a rock star. We kind of talked about that off air, but like, I want to get him into the songwriting aspect too, as well. And for you being such a talented songwriter, one of my questions would be, when did you realize you had that gift? Like how young were you when you started putting songs together? I was, well, I don't know how, I don't know exactly the way to answer that question, but I mean, I knew I wanted to start, playing the guitar when I was about nine Mm. and then very quickly um I realized that I wanted to start kind of playing songs and you know I noticed that of course I think for a lot of people my age and all around it it was like Blink-182 was kind of the thing that kind of made it all you you realize that it was possible and like I, I would notice like oh all these songs have like the same or similar chord progressions so it's like you can kind of just take these like so kind of helped me kind of learn how to write songs by that. I was like, I don't have to like invent the wheel. Like here's a Mm. chord progression I like, I can try singing things over it. So I started writing songs when I was 10. And I kind of, after I was done, I was like, oh shit. Like I I wrote a song. I don't know if it's good, but I like it. So (laughs) I'll just keep doing that. So I just kind of kept going and going and going. And I'm fortunate. It's working out pretty well. You've gotten pretty goddamn good at it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. What advice would you give to Dave as someone who's just starting to learn how to write songs? Like in your process, what, what would you say would be like kind of your trick or like how, how would you tell someone who's just starting to write songs, give them some advice? Yeah. Something that I, you know, I think it's kind of that, like once I realized like, you know, there are only so many chords and so many chord progressions out there. I think oftentimes rather than trying to just like, find something like I'll if if a song kind of really moves me the chord changes or whatever I'll kind of just take a lot of times especially early on I would start writing songs by just 
singing different melodies over songs that already existed. Mm. And you can kind of take that and you can, by the end of the day, you can make it completely unidentifiable from the song that you started off with and no one would ever guess that that's where it came from. So that would be my advice, I guess, is find what you like and try and rewrite your favorite songs. Dude, that is such an important thing to say, too, because we always talk. There's there's no new ideas, really. Everybody's kind of copying something else or at least taking from what they know. You know what I mean? So like the acknowledgement that like, OK, I'm writing this song, but of course it's coming from somewhere else is important. Absolutely. You know, everything's influenced by something else. And eventually you do that long enough and then you do kind of start to just put together chord progressions on your own. And it's like it's all kind of a matter of uh, keeping it, keeping it up and discipline and, and just like learning as much as you can. And yeah. We had the Windy City Smoke out in Chicago this weekend, and um, there was a I'm, I think I want to say his name was Riley Green. Are you guys familiar with him? I know who you're talking about a uh, country artist and he's coming. He's up and coming. And I thought he blew it away. And I don't really I don't want to say I dislike uh, country music, but it's not my typical music style genre of choice. But uh, there's a point where he was talking to the crowd and this is like early in the night on Saturday. And he said, yo, like, I'm so sick of hearing about your fucking pickup trucks, your high school football <laughs> team, uh, the girl you went to high school with, like, blah, 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 blah. So he did like uh, it wasn't a rap, but it was like kind of a country rap where he was just saying, like, all the lyrics were like, fuck your truck, fuck your high school girlfriend. Love it. And everybody in the crowd was like loving it, loving oh, it. I love And this that. is just some younger dude with like he like looked the country part, but it was. But he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not singing that kind of shit just because that's what country music is turned into. Oh, yeah, and I like that. I appreciated that when he when he was talking about that. He's like, I'm going to I'm going to sing and write for me. And that's how it's going to go. And he was like on stage at the biggest country fest in Chicago this weekend. So you got to be love being in a country environment and saying, fuck all of country. That, that's a ballsy move right there. I like that. But we all fall into tropes like everybody in their own genre falls into a trope where you write about the same thing. or You try not to. And I mean, for you guys, you just put out the new single. Like, are you, is, first off, is there an album following? There is an album, yes. It's being mixed at the moment. And the release date is to be, to be well, I know when it is, but it's to be determined. <laughs> Break and, some news. Uh, Break the news right now. Out. When is it? I, I wish I could say, but I think uh, I'll get it. Who's trouble. mixing? Yeah, who's mixing it? Uh, it's a fellow named Mike Crossy, who's amazing. He's done our first, the, fir the first two singles that we've released so far off the record. And uh, it's been amazing working with him. So nice. he's doing the whole awesome. thing. I mean, in saying that, like with the album that you do have finished, it's getting mixed. Like, is there something different on this album than you guys have ever done before? Like, did you try and stretch your legs in any direction or was there something different you were trying to do? Yeah, we kind of did. You know, I would say like our last album, our third record, Mystic Truth, was kind of like a departure for us to where we were in just a totally different headspace. And it almost to me, I almost feel like we were kind of like trying on the clothes of like a different band. It, it kind of reminds me of some of more of the stuff that we kind of like grew up listening to and playing and uh we kind of just stripped it back and we were like let's just follow what we want to do right now so we took this like kind of hard left turn and then with this new record i almost i've been saying to people i almost think of this one as kind of being our third proper album because it feels like it really builds on you know our first and second albums are in some ways similar and, and they're also dissimilar in other ways and i feel like this is kind of a really natural progression there's all the stuff that we learned along the way on that third album we have that with us now, but I feel like we're more confident than ever just in being bad sons. And I think just having that time gap between disappear here to now, I think there's kind of a big, uh, this is a leap of some ways. I, I, it's hard for me to say, but yeah. I'm very excited for people to hear it. 
Yeah, we'll need to get like people who are big fans to give their reaction. See, like the, like the nerdy fans that will dive in and be like, well, this one really feels like this one. You know, I mean? like Kenny, when you were with AWOL, did people used to get on you about like, this doesn't feel like the first album, this doesn't feel like the second album? Like, I think we were pretty blessed. I mean, it just seemed like our fans would just eat anything we fed them, mm. you know, in a great way, not in a like weird way. Like, uh, we never really faced a lot of backlash from changing but we never really changed that much it was kind of always that synth pop fucking now you guys are consistent kind of a, dude consistent yeah yeah you just yeah. can't you just can't release garbage yeah right well that cons- yeah. consistent quality is what i always say it's like no matter what you do consistent quality because there are bands out there you know everyone kind of likes to point to like radiohead and the beatles as bands that really <laughs> reinvented themselves with every album and yeah it's incredible but also like some of my favorite bands or like or artists would be like you know the cure or tom petty mm-hmm. Or, you know, Bruce Springsteen, all these different acts that didn't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel every single time, but it's just about the progression throughout their career. It's like, I want to hear, when I when I listen to a police record, I want it to sound like the yeah. police, you know what I mean? I don't want it to sound like REO Speedwagon. Mm-hmm. So I, I like consistency as long as you can see, feel growth. And, you know, I think it should be more subtle than uh, forced Subtle's uh, a good word. More su- more subtle than Snoop Dogg doing reggae. <laughs> no, dude, I was <laughs> gonna say, but like, there's this pattern in like mostly pop music that you can follow the trajectory of a lot of artists, and there's like a path, right? I call it like the Miley Cyrus path, like pop, and then like super like uh, off the wall, like how Christina Aguilera went like super pop, and then the dirty the the ex Tina years, and then back yeah, to the dirty. pop. Or like if you're like uh, like I I don't know why I'm thinking all in this one run, but like. You know, Taylor Swift does the the country stuff and then she does the pop stuff and then she does like the reputation album that's in black and white and has like the San Andreas script on it. It's like weird pop. And then she goes back to like the more acoustic roots. Like I want to see if it's growth. Let's see it be organic rather than played out in like a straight line, like in an industry fashion. So I like I'm excited to hear what you guys did on this new album. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, I'm excited for people to hear it. It's uh, it was a really fun time. We had a great time in the studio making it. We were we started it like at the end of. 2019 and then kind of while we were in the process we all of a sudden had a lot more time to just be at home and be in the studio so we really took advantage of that and it was a really inspiring uh time for us and i'm, I'm super proud of the record nice good did you guys trash a lot of the stuff you had done originally and then when you were in the studio during quarantine with all the extra time that you had like like completely change the idea of the album or did it pretty much follow a straight line no, we had a pretty good momentum building by the time that that happened. So it was definitely like we were we finished writing the album, but um, there was a lot of stuff that, for instance, before, like the, before the first batch of demos I sent to the guys, like kind of at the end of 2019, when we started like really talking about making the album, there were probably like 12 to 15 songs that I made before having shown anybody anything. Wow. And so then I kind of sent them all this folder. And then I was kind of like, as soon as I did that, for some reason, I felt really nervous. Like, is any of this good? So then I just <laughs> all of a sudden started writing, like, like, I wrote like five more songs. And then those next batch of five songs that I was like sending them in real time. Uh, those are the kind of when the album really started, which I thought was kind of interesting. I was like, maybe I need to like, not be so precious about holding on to things until I think they're ready to, to show people, you know, it's like we're a band. It's part of the way we work is really like, having that real honest feedback in real time. Bro, that's the Kenny Carkeet credo right there. Don't be so precious about your art. And yeah. also every record I've ever put out ever the night before, I'm like, 
is this any good? Yeah. Is this yeah. a full piece of shit? Like, did I just fuck up bad? Like, do I need to call my manager and tell him to fucking cut it? Stop. Don't always. do it. <laughs> always, dude. Always. And then everybody talks me off the ledge and they're like, no, dude. It's That's got to be pretty universal for any any musician, right? Oh, yeah. There's some cockiness in there with people who are like, no, bro, this shit's the fucking best. And you're like, Billy okay, Corgan. Billy Corgan. <laughs> Billy Corgan told me to my face, we all know I can write hits. And you're like, copy <laughs> that, sir. Jesus, dude. Pompous. I love it, dude. I love it. Don't make me like him. You know what I mean? Don't make me like him. Uh, Chris, we're going to let you get out of here in a minute, man. So we're really excited about the tour that's coming up. You're dropping the album. One thing we do on the podcast every week is a segment called What the Fuck Have We Been Listening To? So I guess kind of just to get in your head and where you're at, like what is something that you've been into recently? Pulls up the Spotify. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. Why give me I something like that I don't know. Like, yeah, there was some obscure, obscure shit that's got like twelve hundred like plays. I always like to hear somebody's last liked song on Spotify. Mm. What was the last song you hit fucking hard on? You know, he's like, you guys ever heard of Wu Tang Clan? Been into that recently? <laughs> no, never heard of them. So I actually, you know what? I have Spotify, but I don't really. I mainly use Apple Music. I thought you were um, gonna say I usually use CDs, and I was gonna be like, "You motherfucker!" <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not. See, I'm, not I'm going through my like songs right now, and I don't. I couldn't tell you who fucking any of these people are. Any of these people <laughs> are bands, and they, I love that kind of shit, though. That's of you guys, great, um, Jim Sullivan. Never heard of him. There's uh, a band. Taylor Swift. Hey, Steven. That's actually a jam. There is a band I want to say they're from Taiwan. They're called Sunset Roller Coaster. Ooh, I just got what? into them recently, and it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a new kind of indie take on like city pop music that was coming out of Japan in the '80s, and it's just so great. Like I listened to this uh, EP, and I was like, I thought it was straight up like city pop from the '80s, and then I looked them up, and they're all like, you know, dudes like d- dudes in their late 20s, early 30s from Taiwan right now making music and it's incredible. You guys it looks like a, they're killing it. That's awesome. Yeah, they're they're great. Super Dude, super cool. Good drop. I, good drop. I, yeah, I was going to say that's some obscure shit yeah, we need that's to know exactly about. That's the right. I'm talking about. I need <clears> to get invested into some some like music coming out of Japan and shit like that cuz I've heard great things. And now I'm going to have to look this up. So Dude, my last thing I have on here is Craig David, the British R&B artist. I have no idea why I was listening to Craig David. I must have been in my feelings last night. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, all right, Chris, we're going to let you bounce, dude. Thank you so much for coming on today. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything you want to push? Anything you want to talk about before you get off? Well, first of all, thank you guys all for having me. This has been a real pleasure. It's been fun to do this. And don't, yeah, hopefully- don't lie to us. Yeah, don't lie. No, we, yeah. It's fine. Be fucking real, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm waiting for my Venmo, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I hope hope I can see you guys, those who are listening, as well as uh, you guys who I'm talking with right now on the road. And we have this tour coming up soon. You know, let's keep in touch. And yeah, new album coming out soon. New music out now. Go listen to it and have a lovely day. everybody. Are you guys doing Philly or Chicago? We are. We're doing both. All right. We'll have to I'll do see something I'll... when you're in town. We'll, yeah, we'll do... I'll see you there. Here, here comes the guest list request. Yeah, it's, it's all no, good. As long as we're not, as long as, as long as it's not, you know, like LA, LA, always, LA, LA. That's cool. the thing. LA and New York are the ones where they're like each band member gets half of a person. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, okay. It is great when you're in a city like that you you're not from, and someone hits you for a guest list pass because then it's actually like I kind of want to see that person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. When it's a hometown show, you're like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Like, I yeah, see yeah, you yeah, every off. day. <laughs> I know, yeah. Hometown shows are kind of like a big source of anxiety, I would imagine, pretty much every touring musician. Yes. The you guys know where you're playing in Chicago yet? 
We are playing, yeah, it's some, some, I don't know if it's a new venue, but we've never played there before. It's called, drum roll please, it's called Radius. Radius? Oh, I've yeah. never heard of it. I haven't heard of it. Some like big ass, like. It's on a spaceship with Tom Long. <laughs> yeah, with yeah, Tom Long, yeah. It's in the Radius Something space like station. that. Dude, do it me looks a, like it's going to be really cool. Do me a favor, go out on the road, find some aliens with Tom DeLong, and we'll see you out there, all right? Hell yeah, buddy. I want to All believe. right, brother. Thanks, Thank bro. I'll see you out in the lineup. All right. <laughs> see you there, man. Yeah. All right. So that was our new friend, Chris, from Bad Sons. Catch them on tour this fall with Angels and Airwaves. Kenny, thank you for setting that up once again, as you yeah, usually yeah. do. Great guy. Yeah. Uh, so let's go into our first segment today. We're going to go into on the list, off the list. We'll go me, Dave, Kenny, then Dante. Uh, my on the list is a kid named Amari Bailey. Do you guys know who that is? Never heard of him. All right. So Amari Bailey is a basketball, high school basketball player who happens to play on the same team as LeBron James' son. Oh, yeah. And if you've noticed, Drake has been at a lot of these games. Drake has apparently been banging this dude, Amari Bailey's mom. That's right. I did hear that. <laughs> so all I got to say is, is there a bigger clout move in the world than Drake possibly being your stepdad? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, I don't got to be. I would thing. like it. Well, I, I don't saw, know if I would either, but I mean, I'm just. Did you know who Amari Bailey was before Drake did that? Nope. Word. Thanks, mom. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's got to be a good career move one way or another. Get drafted by a team. You got Drake at all the games. By the way, who's going to give you better, like, financial and career advice than Drake? It's true. Shouts out Amari Can Bailey. I call you daddy now, Drake? Give me some money. <laughs> it does suck, though. If you watch the kids' fucking Instagram comments, all of them are just like, yo, Drake, Drake, fuck your mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That won't ever stop. No, no. He'll no, never no. shake that. He'll never, never. shake that. That's ever. the worst. We had a kid in high school. I'm not going to say his name. Even, <laughs> the, really even the parents called his parents Ken and Barbie because it was the most attractive mom and dad couple of all time. And we were just relentless about once like we grew hair on our dicks about <laughs> how much we wanted to bang his mom real quick though i'm just saying like <clears throat> if someone was gonna bang your mom like at least it's someone cool like it's not like it's yeah. random joe schmo who's just like fixing your pipes it's like no it's fucking the biggest <laughs> pop star on earth yeah so but now my like, fucking mom is on goddamn tmz looking <laughs> like an idiot and shit you know like mom stop Look, there's dumber people to be caught with than drake word Word, word. Yeah, exactly. Maybe like Kevin Bacon or something. That, that Drake. All right, Ken, Dave, who's on your guest list? Uh, I got the South Side of Chicago on my guest list. So Ooh. on Friday, I did this um, I did this charity softball tournament. It's called the Papa Hops Tournament. Papa Hopkins uh, is the full name. And South Side, as Dante knows, he's got a lot of friends down there. It fucking turns out for a good cause. And it was just in this random park in this, in this small neighborhood, Evergreen Park, on the South Side. And... 5,000 plus people came out. They raised a fuck ton of money for cancer and everybody was getting shit faced, having a good time. And it was just an awesome, awesome, awesome evening. And um, we do another event with this, uh, which, which you're going to be at this year. Um, wish Fest, Wish Forever. It's same thing, but that's like uh, the winter version, I guess. And the Southside just does it right. Like it, it's awesome. It's a great community. I love them to death. Um, a lot of hard asses that run their mouth a little too much and get beer muscles, but that's part of the uh, the vibe down there. But it was like one of the most fun nights I've had in a long time. And it, we were just fucking around and playing softball and get drinking beer. And there you go. That was it. It's all about. Let me ask you a question here. Speaking of the South Side, do you or do you not like the show Shameless? Mm, I have never seen a single second of really? that show. Really? Yeah. 
Never seen it. And show. they were filming parts of it, uh, that show in like Chicago PD down by my old apartment um, a couple of years ago. I just never watched it. It's a great show. It. I don't Everybody know how says accurate it. Yeah. I don't know how accurate it is to that Huge show, but yeah, it's a great show. Huge fan, very accurate. Cast is fucking awesome. They, awesome. You know, they come out and they would come out and party all the time when they were here filming. Oh, it's time. Oh, Bill Macy, dude. He's one of the best ever. Dude, Kenny, when I was at your studio that entire week, I was binging Shameless while I was in my Airbnb. See, it's a good show, man. It's a great show, dude. I actually got to give Emmy Rossum a brief DJ lesson one night at Underground. What? And That's tight. That's yeah, tight. There's, there's a picture of it. It was actually in the newspaper here. There's in like the celebrity section. Uh, someone snapped a photo and posted it and newspaper picked up but yeah she's uh i'm not gonna like <laughs> pretty attractive i'm with you on that 150 percent. it goes unspoken but i'm with you 150 yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. she's cool as fuck too yeah she seems like it dude fucking great show great pick dave kenny who's on your guest list Oh, yeah, the one and only, man. Even though there was a loss last night, motherfucking CP3. I'm so happy for him. I want this to go all the fucking way. Maybe my favorite point guard of all time. One of the best to fucking ever do it. First finals, and he's fucking playing like a champion. Yeah, they got kind the of shit excited. kicked out of him last night. Yeah, they kind of did. But, I mean, it was the first game back of the buck. So, but we'll see. You know, I'm just pumped that I love CP3 so much. So, he's on my list today. Dude, fucking shout out Dana Beers for going there and getting shit on by every single media outlet. Did you see that? They've been reposting the video and they, they just completely crop him out. <laughs> Goddamn barstool effect. Uh, Dante, who is on your guest list? You're going to laugh because this is a pretty big name to list, but uh, Barry Obama. Brock, oh, hell yeah. Oh, Bear Bear. Dropped his summer playlist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sunday and pretty impressive. I have a few things to nitpick about it, but uh, for the most part, I mean, heavy Motown, which I'm I'm a fucking huge Motown guy. Just there's just nothing better to me. Um, tons of Smokey, uh, Stevie Wonder, some Ella Fitzgerald on there. It's tight that he even does that. Every Dude, that's, that's what I'm talking about. And he's I'm been, gonna, when did he drop it? Cause I, I, the last, I didn't see this year's, but the last few years he had done it. I'm like, God damn, he's got good taste in music. He's got great Very, taste in music. Yeah. Great taste which, in music. Which makes me, I really would love to get like what, so Dave and I met Rahm Emanuel this weekend at the fest. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, everyone knows that's Obama's like right hand man. I would have loved, should have, it was the day before this playlist dropped. If it was the same day. I would have asked him and been like, yo, how many does Obama make his own playlist or does he have a team that puts his shit together? Because I would guess he actually does. He's, he he's a cultured, like a, young, funny like a dude who would like get yeah. this shit. Dude, he's got J. Cole on there. and He's SZA, got a little baby. He's got yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like he's There's got a good a, mix of old and new. Yeah, but does some of the new stuff is like, like, man, is Obama really listening to Astronaut in the Ocean? Come on. Probably not. Here's the thing, no. though. We've all heard him say Jay-Z quotes. We've all seen him pound beers and sh- drop three-pointers. Mm-hmm. And if anybody was going to be believable, it's him, Mr. Obama. He's a cool and motherfucker. The, the, I mean, the song, the thing is, too, is he's not putting like H to the Izzo on there. Like he is a war. Yeah. That's a deep cut. A war is a deep cut. That's what I'm talking about. Absolute banger off Black Album, I believe. Um, there's some, ba- I'm looking at the list right now. George Harrison's on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joni Mitchell, Ella Fitzgerald. And then, yeah, and then like Mass Wolf, which is just like, what? 
that like, was definitely a plug. I feel like dangerous. that might be a situation where a record label hit him up and was like, yeah, we'll slip you an extra 100K if you throw him on that list. <laughs> all, the, all this makes me think, though, is I would love to see Trump's fucking Spotify playlist oh. history. Like, what oh. would his wow. be? <laughs> what the yeah. fuck would he be listening? It'd just be like Kid Rock over and over. All <laughs> Ted Nugent, Kid yeah, Rock. Ted Nugent, yeah. Oh, the good people. All right, uh, off my guest list is me. I'm going to explain. Dave, you were CC'd on this email. Uh, I reached out to John Mayer's publicist because he has an album dropping this week. I thought it was John Mayer's publicist. I had done some digging on Google and I found a name with an email that said John Mayer's publicist. So I sent an email and said, I sent her a long, beautiful email. Hey, we'd love to have John on. Here's all the reasons why you should come on. I'm like, fuck it. I'm on a beach. Like I, I went on vacation the next day. I get an email back from the woman in the morning and I'm like, holy shit, is this really going to happen? And the email just said, I'm not John Mayer's publicist. I don't know who the fuck told you I am. And I don't know who reps him. How did you get my email? And I was like, yo, simple Google search. You might want to get that checked out. And she yeah, never yeah, yeah, yeah. Me back. That's on you, bro. Like your shit yeah, up. check your shit. Check your Google results. Cause it says you're John Mayer's publicist. I can't be the first person that's emailed you about this shit. Like she reacted like, oh my God, why do people keep emailing me about John fucking Mayer? So John Mayer's not coming on the podcast, and I she look like a start, She should just start scheduling people. Yeah. First, first, first stuff. You know what I mean? It'd be so sick. Oh, Jesus. You'll have John Myers coming on. Uh, <laughs> Dave, who's off your guest list? Off my guest list is uh, allergies. I, after this tournament on Saturday, I was on the, uh, it was like 30 miles south of where I live, um, in the far south side of Chicago. And I had an allergic reaction at it. Dante, have you ever been to McNally's? Yeah. I was, I was there and all of a sudden I'm like, fuck, dude, face breaking out in hives, throat closing. What and was uh, it? this is at like two in the morning. This is late. So I called it Uber and I'm like, <gasps> like the entire way home. So I, I like Irish goodbye, got the fuck out of the bar, uh, walked to a fucking uh, Walgreens. I was a 24 hour Walgreens. Thank God it was open, pounded fucking Benadryl. It was bad. Mm. You I don't know why like I, that happens like twice a year to me, just randomly. That's I feel you, man. I get I get I get three allergy shots every week. I feel you on the allergy. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Like Benadryl injected in your body. I'm basically so allergic to fucking dogs, cats, trees, grass, everything that they just inject that shit into my arm every (laughs) week to make me fucking, you know, to function as a human being. Uh Uh-huh. Jesus Christ. Kenny, who's off your guest list? Mine's kind of in the same vein as days. Mine's just being a fucking adult, dude. I had an 8 a.m double cavity filling appointment this morning Ooh. and oh. at 7 15 i'm like i could just not fucking go. go exactly i could just not fucking go and i might not you know what i mean and then i fucking got up and i went and i fucking did it and i came home and i've been numb all day pissed off novocaine i did it i'm an adult i fucking hate it that's off my list you probably can't even vape with your mouth like that dude no no i could vape <laughs> good to know yeah it's all good yeah yeah don't forget the vape dude i like being on the vein of being an adult I was so sore from playing one seven-inning softball game on Saturday. It felt like my groin was sliced open. And someone, like, dumped gas in it and just lit a match in it. You're Sick. a pussy, dude. I know. I am. Jesus, God damn. All right, Dante who's, Dante, who's off your guys' list? So this is kind of in – Dave mentioned the term Irish goodbye, and I was going to say this before he said that anyways, but that's the reason I'm going to say this, is our buddy Chief from Barstool. Mm. He is off the fucking guest list. He's an <laughs> Irish goodbyer? He Irish goodbyed hard on Saturday. Yo, <laughs> like hat trick. 
this weekend. Oh my God. Every night we were out with him like three days in a row. Just the guy just disappears. Like we walked into the <laughs> festival with him on Thursday. We were with him for maybe half an hour. And then he just left Dave and I standing, <laughs> standing at a food tent. It was just like, we both turned around and I'm like, yo, should we go find him? And Dave, I think Dave is just so used to it at this point that Dave is just like, no, he's, he's, he's gone. gone. He's yeah, gone. Da- Dante's like, he's in a ditch dead somewhere. And Dave's like, nah, man, he probably just went home. Uh, here, this is, uh, this is also off my guest list in the same spirit. So um, when Dante got done with his set, we were, I kind of weaseled my way into the backstage-ish area. There's this little side tent where Dante was playing, uh, where Mamitas was giving away free booze. And Ooh. if you're back there, it was just, it was all you could eat and drink for free. So I'm like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. I don't have to pay $12 a beer or whatever. And so that's where I was at for a, like three hours with his fiance and, and her friends. And um, then Dante gets done. He's like, come on, we're going to go over here. I'm like, why? There's people <laughs> over there. And he's like, we got to We got to be with the people, man. And I'm like, fuck that. Uh, yo, Kenny, <laughs> And then I got learned- fucking rained on and it, there was like people around. And I I'm a man of the people. I'm a man of the people, Dave. That's what I told you. I go well, when you get access to free shit and no people. I don't want to be a man of the people. Dude, I haven't been I haven't seen people in crowds like that <laughs> so long. It was like I was getting choked up, man. Up on stage. It, it was, was awesome. Like, it was a beautiful, beautiful like thing. Like going a year without seeing people like enjoy themselves in in that capacity. I mean, it was, I'm just so fucking happy that things are like back to normal now. Dante, you know, that Dave's going on stage in front of 25,000 people, right? I cannot wait. (laughs) Cannot wait. When he told me the original like idea behind all this and he told me like he was practicing and like learning and you guys are like helping him. I, first off, I was like, genius like brilliant idea i'm wicked jealous but um then he told me about the show and i was like oh my god this is gonna be fucking awesome do you want to help i can't lend really anything (laughs) you don't have one good music brain yeah you got a good brain dude i know how to play like like five fucking chords on a piano and that's about it you got stage presence mostly what yeah i mean if you need uh if you need like the generic like DJ in the background, like I guess I can do that. And, Yo, we should just have Dante on stage playing one reggaeton air horn over and over. Yes, amazing. Holy shit! By the I way, mean, Dave's up there with, a, with an acoustic guitar, doing mediocre, doing his yeah. thing, and then the fucking beat drops, and it's Dante behind him, and Dave's fucking playing the beat. The reggaeton air horn can solve any issue. Like all your instruments could shut off, but if somebody has a reggaeton like air horn on their fucking npc you're good you're fucking good to go oh, i can do that dave I'm, pr- dave I'm proud of you Over for finding soon. out dave i'm proud of you for finally finding out about the fucking hospitality tent the one me and kenny have been talking about forever it's a magic I, I don't want to go back i had a friend out there and she texted me and she was like are you here i'm like yeah she's like where you at i'm like i'm here and she's like come over by us i'm like i'm not and i called no. them plebeians and she's like sorry we're a bunch <laughs> of peasants I'm like, you are a bunch of peasants. Yeah. Dave, as you know, I, I completely stars. lied to the security guard. I'm like, hey, I'm with the media. Uh, <laughs> like, here's my media pass. And he, like, bought it. That's how I got back there. So Dave, I was going to do the hand job. I've yeah. had more security guards not let me back to my stage right before I go on stage because I don't have my laminate with me or some shit like that. And you're like, use your fucking head, bro. I got to get up there. I got a guitar in my hand. Dude, it's wild. That, I, I came off stage. 
and went to go to Dave and the security guy was like, you can't come in here. I was like, crazy. I, just love Bro, stage. I, I used to stage dive and crowd surf every single show. And a couple of times I would stay, I don't have my laminate or my ears or anything on me when, when I jump off the stage crowd surf, you know, fall down in the back, come running up to get back on stage. And they're like, Nope. And I'm like, my parts coming up. Get the fuck out of my way, dude. I did that same thing, Dante. Uh, we played right before the Arctic Monkeys a couple years ago, and all I wanted to do was see the Arctic Monkeys. Like I'm a fucking huge fan. I was shit faced, shit faced. And they, what they do is at this festival they give us like playing cards with like a like a king on it, which meant like I can go wherever I want. And I fucking forgot mine. I don't know what I did with it. And I wanted to get side stage so bad. We literally distracted the guard and I ran up and I stood side stage and Alex Turner made direct eye contact with me. And I looked back and the security guard was waiting for me. And I was like, fuck. So I got bounced, but good time. Same day I tackled Mark Foster from Foster the People. Uh, okay. Hey. That's on the list, off the list. That's a story for another time. Uh, before we get into our interview with our pick of the week, Attack the Sound, let's go quickly through what the fuck we've been listening to. I'll start it off, same order. Uh, my what the fuck I've been listening to this week is West Side Gun. Shouts out Griselda Records. West Side Gun is uh, Benny the Butcher, fucking Conway the Machine. Absolute original, super weird, old school shit, but super current as well. If you like good ad-libs, listen to West Side Gun. I picked the song George Bondo off Pray for Paris. Shout out Griselda. Shout out West Side Gun. That's my pick this week. Dave, what the fuck have you been listening to? So I hate when Colin, or I know Colin hates when I do this rather, but um, I got a few songs. These are my most recently liked songs. Uh, Red Line by the Adler Brothers, Coming Home by Leon Bridges, Like It That Way by Pac Shot and the Get Down. And uh, We're All In This Together by with Walter Trout, Joe Bon. I'm never going to say his name right. Bonamassa. Bonamassa. And uh, Dirty Old Town by Jim Sullivan. Dude, coming home, Leon Bridges is my amazing song. jam. Really? Jam, jam, jam. Yeah, yeah. My Dude, wedding song he, is good. He is like, I, I don't know, Dave. Do were you at Wrigley early enough last week for our intro video? Uh, no, we got in there like as a couple pitches in the game. So we're using his cover from uh, the not the Marvel, the DC movie. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking come about. Come together cover. Yeah. We're using that as like the Cubs like take the field song Ooh, this year. Sick. It is. It goes so fucking like hard. And I look around in the stands, and there's always people that are hearing it for the first time that are shazamming it like crazy. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. Shout out to my boy Ricky Reed for producing all the Leon Bridges shit. Really? Oh, he did all. Did he do the new shit or the old shit too? Because the new shit and old shit. Because not I know all of it. He had like seven or eight singles off each record yeah white denim did some of the work on the first one that sounded like it was fucking recorded in stacks like back in the day but the new shit like bad bad news and stuff like that i love the fact that he stepped out of being like a period piece kind of like a character of an old-time artist and becoming a modern artist he is so ungodly talented fucking incredible amen Good, good pick dave uh picks kenny what the fuck have you been listening to Seeger, I was cruising, ar- dude. I was cruising around last night listening to what the fuck's oh fucking night moves. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I have I'm uh I struggle and I have this little '67 truck that I drive around and uh you can't play anything new in that truck. That truck right. deserves the right music. And last night I was just putting on like old classic rock shit, whatever on a, a Spotify playlist shuffle, and night moves comes on. And every fucking time it comes on. Working on a night It's the fucking best. Seeger, love him to death. He's a fucking man, dude. Goddamn great pick, dude. He fucks. Yeah, he does fuck. And I brought this up before. He butters his donuts. So that you know that guy fucks. Fucks hard. 
weird guy. Uh, Dante, what the fuck have you been listening to? I'm actually, this is going to be a great segue because when, when does this drop, by the way? When tomorrow, you, morning. tomorrow morning. <laughs> Perfect. So I'm going to, I'll probably post this on Thursday because I know Dave posts it like day of. And I'm going to, I'm going to work it into this blog that I have done on this guy. And I'm going to tell everybody they better get familiar with him because he's going to be huge. Teddy Swims. Yo, yes, dude. Like, Teddy Swims Life. It came out a few weeks ago. But uh, that's his new song. Um, the one before that, Bet on Fire, is one of the best songs I've heard in, like, the last 10 years. This guy is, like, his fucking voice, man. Oh, my God. It is, like, if you close your – if you didn't watch him sing and you just heard the voice, you would picture someone totally different. And then when you actually see him, you're like, wow. And it makes him even, like, that more interesting and unique. But, yeah, he's, he's a badass. Do you ever listen to St. Paul and the Broken Bones? Uh, what song? They, I mean, they have a they have a bunch of shit. They're a big, like six, seven piece band out of uh, Alabama. I only bring this up because it's another case of like a you don't expect this guy to look what he looks like. He sounds like Otis Redding, and he looks like Fat Dwight Schrute. It is fucking <laughs> insane. I'm looking them up right now. One Ooh. of the best live bands. We opened for them in Camden, New Jersey uh, in 2019. Dude. One of the best live bands in the world. Dude, literally. What's their name, Colin? St. Paul and the Broken Bones. That is someone I would love to have on this podcast. We 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 were we were earlier in the day of the festival, and this motherfucker came out in 110 degree heat with a black cape on, like a bedazzled <laughs> black cape. And sings like Otis Redding. But Teddy Swims is another guy. You hear the voice and you don't expect him to look what he looks like. We've actually talked to him about coming on the podcast. So you need to come on for that episode. I would love, love, love that. That's awesome. Dante, I like having you here. I got to be honest. Thanks, man. It's been been awesome. This is a great show. I'm definitely definitely a fan. And I tell a lot of people about it too, man. I'm, uh, I'm pulling for you guys. And I think what you're doing is it's awesome. It fits a big niche slash void what we're doing at bar. So I'd love, I'd love to see this grow, man. I'd love to help you. Me too. <laughs> but so, dude, four work. of us, <laughs> your, your seats, all your seats always open, bro. This is your show as much as it is ours. If you want to come around. Appreciate it, man. I, I'll definitely take you up on that more often. Uh, sure, keep up the hard work guys. We will. Kenny, Kenny's going to smoke weed, but everybody else will be fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that segment's today. Uh, thank you to Bad Sons. Thank you to fucking Dante, first of many appearances. We're going to go in to our pick of the week with Attack the Sound. Before we do that, I just want to say we also have a bunch of interviews this week. We have a lot of great episodes coming out. But Thursday is the drop of the first episode of the video series. And I want to give a special shout-out to Dylan Edinger, who came to New York with me to film it. I want to give a shout-out to Dave Williams for filming himself in his apartment. And I want to give a huge shout out to Mark Roberge and the band OAR for being the first guests on the video series. They welcomed me and my cameraman into their fucking studio in the middle of Midtown Manhattan. Great guy. And uh, I'm excited for the video series to come out. Uh, Dave actually put a picture of a, or I'm sorry, Kenny put a picture of a penis in there. Do you remember doing that? Maybe. I'm not sure. I do a lot of things, man. (laughs) Yeah, you do. But uh, yeah, Thursday, we're going to be sharing that all over the place. Everybody go grab it. But uh, thank you to everybody involved today. Let's go into our pick of the week with Attack the Sound. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for our pick of the week this week, coming live out of Chicago, Illinois, we have Attack the Sound. We have the whole band here. We got like seven people in the meeting. What's up, everybody? How are we doing? Doing well. How good? 
Great. Doing great. Thank you. I like the fact that everybody individually says what's up. I like <laughs> So I always start off with a point before we get into the song, because today we, we're doing something we've never done before. We actually have an unreleased song that we're going to play at the end of the podcast, which I'm really excited about. I got an early listen to earlier. But I see you guys working your ass off all the time. You're always posting. You're always releasing music. And it feels like to me, every person I've met from Chicago has kind of had that same attitude. Do you think that the work ethic is kind of a Chicago thing for you guys? Hell yeah. What do you, that's, that's, yes. That is literally the Midwest like thing, you know what I mean? We may not have a, a Chicago or Midwest sound or, you know, a, outside of our deep dish pizza, something like really big, but you send anybody from like Chicago to any city and we're guaranteed to take over. And it's interesting because I remember you guys talked about this before on, on the show. And I remember Dave was just like how much he enjoyed New York. You probably do great there, but it's like, we, we can go anywhere. We can literally go anywhere and, and take over. That's why I love Chicago, because I feel the same way about Philly. Born and raised here, and I feel like anytime we go anywhere, I feel like we have an, a leg up on somebody because we'll just work harder than everybody. And I think that's what I've taken away from you guys so far in following in the time that I have been. So I just want to say that's a respect thing from me to you guys. Hell yeah. <laughs> the hardest part about this Thank is you. trying to get everybody to see who's going to be the person to answer, and I fucking love that. Yo. Exactly. <laughs> so I already brought up the fact you guys are hustlers. Everybody's working their ass off. So much so that I've been told you guys are actually playing a show later today. We are. Uh, we're playing at What a Jerk on the in Wicker Park on the north side of Chicago. Um, it's for like the Taste of Chicago. They're doing like a whole pop up series. So yeah. um, they made some dope connections, and we got asked to do this a couple weeks ago. So we're super excited. Is this the first show back for you guys since quarantine? We've been doing tons. Uh, well, okay, wait. So we had a show yesterday. Or in person? I think I think we're mostly looking for in person because if it is not in person, we've been working the entire quarantine. Yeah. I knew that. I meant like, have you guys been back in a room with people yet? Oh, okay. Uh, um, yeah. It's like our third show. Technically, it's our third. Our first show was a complete accident. A guy like <laughs> set he set something up that was supposed to be like a special view and told too many people, and they showed up, and then it it turned into like this live show. But so technically it's three, but our first show untechnically that we actually booked was yesterday. We played at the USO um, at, at Great Lakes Naval Base for the sailors. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we did that. We did that yesterday. And that was like our like we took our set and we actually did it live for the first time. Pretty, everybody, uh, everybody we talked to, yo, everybody we've talked to who's been back out on the road or playing shows has been kind of on the same page of like, I'm so happy to be doing this again. But at the same time, there is this kind of like, it's so weird that like we just had to all sit down and like take it and nobody could really do anything. And now we're all just expected to be right back out on the road. Like, has it been kind of weird, or like a weird adjustment period to get back out on stage? It's a good question. I think uh, the weirdest part about it is being in a room full of people again. Mm. Um, you know, we've been steady rehearsing all the time. We're always, we, we never stopped. Uh, so that aspect of it is not hard getting back and performing. It's just seeing all those faces again and like realizing like, oh, a lot of people don't have to wear masks now. Like that's been the, the weird part, I would say. The, the, I mean, this entire thing for musicians has been such an odd thing because we all have we've mm -hmm. all had to like acquiesce and just be as like patient as we possibly can. And now yep. it's like we have to hit the ground back running. And what's been impressive about you guys, and I think you kind of took the same kind of approach that we did. 
just don't stop moving your feet because at some point mm-hmm. this is all going to go back to normal and we're go- like the people who kept their feet moving are going to have a leg up on the people who didn't you literally that's exactly what i told these guys <laughs> when we first like when covid first started i was like look check it there's a bunch of bands that were on the national level that were making 10 20 fifty thousand dollars a show that, that ain't gonna happen no more nope. at least not right away so they're gonna be looking for guys that are, that could take a little bit less than that and then like we could do that because we're not at that level where our standard of living has changed or anything has ch- really changed for us except for paris he just had a baby but other than that like most hey. of us yeah yeah paris he, i don't know where he's at but he's probably burping it he probably he's, probably burping yeah, I'm, right I'm now. he's got things to do yo he's got a life yeah, to take probably, care of <laughs> but, but I, li- no. I literally told him that and that's that's the main that was the main thing is like keep moving even if it's just a little bit because those guys are backtracking huge Yo. and they can't take on the, the, the schedules or they can't take on some of the shows we can because we don't have to survive off this yet. Man, it, it feels good though to be talking about the aftermath of like quarantine as opposed to like all the interviews I did where I was like, so what are you guys doing? And they're like, nothing. Nobody's fucking doing anything. And at least now, <laughs> like we can at least all have the experience to say like, okay, now we can see where the chips are going to fall. And I know you guys are working on a ton of music and I recently found out you guys are working with a friend of ours, a friend of the program, Isaiah Sharkey. We had a, we had Sharkey on like probably like a month ago. And I know the song that we're going to play today, which is called Wake Up Call, was produced by Sharkey, right? Yes. Yes, sir. I love yeah. that man so much. And <laughs> the thing about you guys that I actually enjoy, because like when I talked to Sharkey and he told me his influences and he kind of blew my mind because I knew Sharkey from D'Angelo. So I was expecting him to hear like just those influences. And I asked him what band he most would ever want to play with. And he said either Toto or Steely Dan. And I was like, I didn't I expect that. either of those to come out of your mouth. And that's what I love about you guys, too, because of all the music that I've heard that you guys have released. Every time I kind of get something different. Like with Wake Up Call, mm-hmm. the first thing I said was it reminded me of Michael Kiwanuka, which is like a high compliment because I love Michael Kiwanuka. But then like yeah. people make love reminds me it's just it's like classic R&B. Do you guys kind of pride yourselves as being a band that can kind of do whatever you want? We have such a blend of uh, musicians. David being, or Dave O, my best, being our main songwriter. He's got a lot of uh, influence himself. And so it just, it ranges. Every time he comes up with something, it's always just a different vibe, a different style. And then, you know, all of us have our own influences. Um, and it's, it's like this amalgamation of, people with uh, different musical backgrounds coming together so it's really it's really good that's always been the story for us as a band that we all have different influences and we can go 80 different ways but we, it always sounds like foxtrot in the end but there is like a couple artists that are like a through like link to the band like we all love prince he's sitting right behind me like who oh, in yeah. the band like in the band group chat is like a couple people that constantly get passed around like who's a who's a mutual influence for everybody I don't think we've actually ever had that conversation. Like, here's yeah. a good chance to, like, actually get We're all about to learn that. something about each other right now. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll, I'll go first. One of my biggest influences, and, and I mean, it comes as no surprise, but really is, well, I'll give you two. The two top ones, one is Michael Jackson, obviously, because greatest entertainer of all time. Okay. And you want to aspire to get to that level. Even if I'm not on the stage moonwalking, I want to get to the level of, we step out on the stage, I get in front of the mic and they go fucking crazy before 
anything. And then the second is Kings of Leon. I'm a huge oh, Kings of Leon fan. Very, very, yeah, from the very, very beginning. And honestly, like, that's uh, one of the reasons why I started and kept singing because when I first heard his voice, I couldn't understand a single thing he was saying. But I was just like, yo, there's some passion in there. Um, it's kind of interesting. And if you listen to a lot of their older stuff and some of the new stuff that they're putting out, their sound is starting to blend a lot more than it was when like their third album was like just straight rock. You yeah. you listen to a, a couple of their songs and I'm like, yo, even the Kings of Leon has had their moments where they've done things outside of just like their their rock and their folk rock feel. And I, and those are my two, but somebody else can go because we're learning today, right? <laughs> it's a group therapy session. I love this. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. Like my next, my, I'll give a top two as well. So like my top two would be like Santana. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that Netta. Anytime I play something Santana, she's always just like, "I love that song," and I'm just like, <laughs> "You love Santana." <laughs> um, All right, so Santana's then, on the list now as like a kind of a through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then John Mayer uh, would be my would be my other yeah, top. He loves John. He loves him some John Mayer. He'd be like, you guys don't know this song? Like, no, only you know that song. You want to hear an amazing story about John Mayer? Uh, I sent an email last week to his publicist to get him on to talk about the new album. And I got a response back. And she said, I'm not John Mayer's publicist. I don't know who the fuck told you that. Where did you get my email? So, (laughs) Needless to say, we're not having John Mayer on the show right now. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) if I could, that might be my... I would love to sit down and talk to John Mayer. Like, there's a couple people who I would love to pick their brain. And right now, for me, like, it's like Anderson Pack and John Mayer would be the two people I'd like to sit down and talk to. Like, my two there, yeah. Let's yeah. get them on at the same time. Fuck it. Anything's possible. All right, Janetta, who would you pick? Um, Stevie Wonder. Okay. He's just dope. I mean, all around, versatile and everything. And uh, the, the group that kind of, when I first got introduced to Attack the Sound a few months ago, um, the group that I compared them to or now us uh is actually bruno mars like in his earlier days like the treasure stuff like he just was super diverse in his style of music and i hear all of that like influence in the type of sound that makes a lot of sense having listened to the amount of you guys that i have listened to the bruno mars comparison which by the way could there be a better comparison right now like if you're looking to make money if you can compare yourself to bruno mars it's probably a good spot to be oh yeah oh yeah all right, Paris, who do you got? Hey, I'm going to agree with you on Anderson Pack. Mm. Uh, yeah, by far, like, all of the work that, that he's been putting out, um, even, like, a lot of his underground stuff when, you know, doing stuff like No Worries and uh, with his band th- before. Dude, I just went through and did the whole knowledge, uh, the Meek. You ever heard the Meek mixtapes? Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Oh, that's so good. As someone who bought Meek's mixtapes in high school from the like, the Kung Fu kiosk in Franklin Mills Mall, uh, yeah. hear, hearing somebody actually put Meek over Knowledge Beats is one of my favorite things ever. So, all right, we're on the same track right now. What's your number two? If if I gotta I gotta say right now, um, uh, Kanye West. Oh, I mean, I would say Kanye. I love Kanye. I love Kanye too. Yeah, yeah. you you listen to the podcast, don't you? Because you know I love Kanye. Like, uh, I want old Kanye back, but I know he's never coming back. We I mean, know. G- 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 I mean, he rest in peace. I, I feel like 
genuinely I feel like he's uh he's just in his producer bag back yeah. again but overall just all the different things that he can do and that's and that's what really kind of reflected once he kind of stepped out of that that old vein where it was just like bars for days you know um I like the creative uh, the creative points that he kind of brought about because if you listen to a lot of the rap and hip hop now yo they 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 get everything from him just being real like if anything, I can say what 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 gave Kanye a lot of his sound now is T Pain, and yep. he actually talks about that in the interview as well. Um, yeah, he didn't get the idea to auto tuning to hear T Pain. No, I mean, you finish watching that, by the way. Yeah. This is pop. That was amazing. Oh yeah. yeah, I watched the whole thing. Dude, look, I, I love no. Kanye. I give Kanye all the credit. Kanye introduced me to an entire different world that, like, as a kid, like being in, like fourth grade. I learned every, so much about music from Kanye West. I love him to death. But me and my boys always have a group chat. Whenever he drops anything, I'm like, this is going to be it. This is going to be when Kanye comes back. And then we're all like, all right, that probably wasn't it. But, like, I'm just happy to have new Kanye. So, all right, Nikki, you're the last one. What do you got? Um, You know, I don't listen to a lot of mainstream music. But um, as far as pianists are concerned, uh, Fiona Apple was a huge influence for me. I love her. I love you. Um, and then when I was younger, so maybe high school age, every pianist liked Alicia Keys. Come on. How, so, could, you how could you not? So my younger days, I would say Alicia. When I got a little older, um, I would say Fiona Apple. That last, Fiona, that last Fiona Apple record is fucking unbelievable. The bolt cutters, yes, uh, yes. That's an album that, like, the first three listens, I did not know what the hell was going on, and then by like the fifth listen, I was like, "This is probably the greatest album of all time." Like, it was. It was. She stays so eclectic and so original, and she is. She stays fearless. I love that about her. But that's so what her, I mean. That's mm-hmm. what I like about you guys, though. It's the eclecticness. It's the fact that you don't have to stick in one thing and do the same thing every time. And it's like a large conversation we had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago was like artists don't get out of their own way enough. Like they don't try different things. They don't try and find out what it is that they sound like. And I remember we were having a conversation when I told you about wake up call and saying it was like Michael Kiwanuka. And you said back to me, well, one day it's, you're just going to say it sounds like attack the sound. And I was like, that is like the perfect attitude to have. Cause I think it's only a matter of time because like, I think, I remember an interview with Bruno when he first started and he was just mentioning all the comparisons he had, how he was unhappy with a lot of his like first works that came out because there was just so much comparison. Now <laughs> you compare us to Bruno and I'm just waiting on that day when it's like, oh, instead of these guys are like a blend of Bruno and this, that helps the new person listen to us. But eventually it's going to be like household name, attack the sound and we're there, you know. I mean, we'll keep I'm- working. I'm so excited for you guys, and I'm glad to see you guys getting back out and playing shows. And you got to promise me one thing. One, you guys will come back on the podcast. And two, if we come to Chicago, we need to do something together. We need to, we need to throw something down. Like, if you guys are eight-piece band, we're a seven-piece band, I think it'd be a good time. Hell yeah. Yeah, because we, we, we could definitely, oh, uh, take great whatever venue. Maybe we meet the East Coast. Coast. You come yeah. to Philly, you'll come to Chicago, and we'll make something happen. All right, now, now, I'm going to take, now, you know I got your <laughs> contact info. You do. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't tell this man anything, he will follow through. I like so that. Dave will, will always follow through. You give me an inch, and I'm taking a a, a freaking international flight around the world. Like, See, don't don't play with me. Like, I love like, that though. Ne- 
Next thing you know, I'll be like, yo, we're going to Japan. Oh, you guys, yeah, you guys are totally on the show. Too. Next go. thing you know, I hear a knock on my door and Dave was standing outside my door. He's like already here. Don't put it past, don't put it past me. I know things, but that's, that's for another <laughs> conversation. Well, either way, we're going to play something that nobody's ever heard before. It's called Wake Up Call. It's by Attack the Sound. When's the next show? When's the next music dropping? Because I know past tonight, but do we have anything scheduled? When's the next drop coming for the music? We've got a EP release. We're dropping an EP coming soon in August, and we're going to have a, a party for that, as well as we may have a listening party. So some of the mu- so this song and some of the music from the thing, we're doing a porch fest in August, in August, August 29th, and then October 2nd to the 3rd, we're doing an Apple Fest in Chicago. And that's all we got for right now but more to come. So follow us on all our platforms to stay up. I was just going to say, there's never a lack of things coming out of the Attack the Sound world. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Enjoy the show tonight. I'm going to let you guys get out of here and go get set up for that. But we're going to play something brand new. This is Wake Up Call by Attack the Sound. Smile in the mirror cause I'm down on my knees My life 